Thank you, everyone. Just a, a quick intro. Obviously, you know who's at the top table there, Clem. Club owner, Joe Leon, new first team head coach, and Sandra Ross, head director. Thank you all for coming. Um, thanks as well for agreeing to adjust to the time that we had. Apologies for any inconvenience caused there. Um, just to run through a quick run through of how it's going to work quickly. Slight in intro from, uh, from Sandro. We'll then move on to um, questions on, um, from, from the crowd. Um, we've got BBC Wiltshire going first, and we'll open up the questions to everybody else. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll break off into individual interviews from there on. So I'll just hand you over to Sandro now. Okay, I'm okay. It's on the table. That one down, that's fine. Lovely. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining us. Um, yeah, I've been waiting quite a long time, so, so apologies. It's taken as long as it has, but you can't rush um, the process and, and the due diligence and everything that we went through. It's time. We're absolutely delighted to, to have a, a coach the calibre of Jody at the football club. I believe it's a real statement of intent for us, and um, he's going really to take his football club in the direction that we believe it should be going, and, and um, his values and philosophies are completely aligned with those of mine and Clem. So um, I'll pass over to the owner just to say a few words. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And we're delighted to have Jody on board. Um, I'd like to thank everybody coming today. Um, I'd like to thank Jody, being appointed head coach. Um, very excited. Um, we're happy with what we've done. And um, our intent for promotion is obviously the calibre of him. Thank you. Sean, over to you. Judy, welcome. How do you Thank feel you. about the appointment yourself? No, I'm pleased. Um, extremely excited to get to get started. I know I've been underway now for a few days, but um, yeah, um, as I said, I'm. I've said to the lads already. I felt um, pretty fortunate to be taken over a group that are at the right end of the table. Um, I made that that clear that um, a lot of time when there's changes in of management, management or in football that it can be at the wrong end but thankfully for me and um, obviously the opportunity to to be able to stamp my sort of authority if you like and the, my philosophies on this group I think is going to be a lot easier than what it could have been at if you're at the bottom end of the table and maybe taking over a team that plays in a completely different way to what um, your beliefs about the game is so I'm hoping the transition will be uh, easier and maybe a little bit quicker than what it could have been. Um, but in saying that, knowing that there's still a lot of work to do and obviously there's certain ways in which I like to work and um, the ways in, in which I like to play that is different compared to previous managers or some of the players won't be used to the, the way I work. But it's, as I said, I think the transition will be um, smoother, let's say, than if I was going to somewhere that was completely the other end of the scale. How do you like to play something calling the phrase Garnival last season? And Scotland, you kind of adapted that. What does a Jody Morris say? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, to be honest, obviously, I'm going from my conversations purely off um, the back of meeting with Sandro. Um, I know after watching quite a lot of footage um, regarding Swindon Town that there's plenty of times over the past couple of years that they've they've dominated the ball um, with possession. That's absolutely something that I like to do. I, I'm, I'm certainly a possession-based coach, albeit um, 
I do believe that there's ways in which you can sort of claim domination of of possession. And, and by the way, I'm not I'm not talking about anything to do with. I'm talking about football in general. Sometimes you get to the end of a game and there's fantastic possession stats, which is can be manipulated if you like. Um, yeah, I, I like to dominate the ball, but I'm also a coach that I believe that you you have to try and add different ways to to hurt the opposition, dif- different ways to um, impose yourself in the game. And sometimes that means without the ball, you need to be a nasty team to play against. I like to possession with a purpose. I make I like to make passes to move the team around, and I like to make passes to create chances. Um, there are moments when you need to relax and take your breather on the ball um, and obviously play the moment and manage the game out. But as I said, ultimately, I, I don't want to be a nice team to play against who just looks pretty making passes. Yes, I feel confident that we can go and take the game away from a lot of the teams in the league with, with our passing capabilities. But as I said, I, I also want to be difficult to play against. What did you make of the performance on Saturday at half-time and then full-time? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, obviously, sitting next to the owner and uh, the first few minutes, I think we was sort of looking at each other, thinking what, what's going on here. But listen, whatever level you play at, we've all sat and I'm sure everybody in this room has watched watched games before, which have gone a little bit um, topsy-turvy. Um, obviously, when it's the first game that I'm sitting next to the owner and watching the team that I'm going to be taking over, it can be a little bit daunting. But um, I was certainly pleased with the first minute, let's say that. Um, but yeah, listen, that's all part and parcel of football and that's that's part of developing players and and, and making players realise that there are moments that you can be vulnerable. The fact that you take the lead and all of a sudden there's you're finding yourself um, giving up chances and find yourself two goals down a few more minutes later. Um, that's something that you have to deal with. We're going to hit plenty of obstacles and bumps in the road and what I will say is to follow up with your second part of your question is I was extremely pleased with the reaction at half-time. little change that was made um, in personnel and and what the the personality and character that came through proved that they, they wasn't ready to roll over and believe that they could get the get the points if you like and deserved us to come away with all three but was slightly unlucky just to come away with one. We're also talking about potential here, ten thousand plus crowd going for the win. Was that was that a good selling point as well? I guess the deal yeah, didn't work, didn't yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Um, as I said, I've I've watched a lot of footage, and there are moments when you can clearly notice that the the town fans are having an influence on what's going on in the pitch, and that's that's going to be even more important because when there's change um, in manager, in in slight change in style, and Maybe some personnel coming through the door as well. You, you want you want the fans to be behind you, and there were certainly moments in that second half that it was it was fantastic to see the way the Swindon Town fans were behind the the group, knowing that they were two goals down at times. But when you see when you see players for your your home team um, working as hard as they were and pushing as much as they were, um, I think that's all you ask for from your from your players. You want a bit of humility. You want you want people to work as hard as they possibly can and that's another thing I'm hugely um, big as far as I expect my teams to outwork position as well and there's nothing better than you see that players for your home team that are running that extra yard putting in that 
blood, sweat and tears, if you like, for the shirt. Um, I think that's something that I'm, I'll be demanding, but I think as a fan, that's something that you should expect. Anyone that puts on a Swindon Town shirt needs to need to earn it and make sure that they're, they're valuing it because it's important. So you've been always just taking time. I think Scott Lindsay, first story about his departure was a month ago tomorrow. So what's been going on in between? <laughs> what hasn't been going on, Sean? Um, I think you have to do these processes properly. I think you have to be diligent. You have to do your, your background checks. Um, we're clear on the, the profile that, that we were looking for. And um, we've also tried to do the process maybe slightly differently in, in, in some senses. So there's the technical elements that are really important of the role. But I, I also feel there's there was a big element around really understanding the candidate and understanding the person and the individual. So we got our candidates to, to sit down, spend a bit of time with a performance coach, a guy called Marcus Sharrod, who, who sort of gave us a, a kind of a more holistic view of the individual as well. You know, you can't psychologically profile someone before you give them a job, but you can try and find out as much as you possibly can. So that was kind of a lot of, there were a lot of kind of elements to the process, if you like. Um, and then if you want to go out and get the very best candidates, they, they're quite demanding in terms of what they want. And I don't mean kind of Jody exactly, but, you know, negotiations have to be right. You, you want to make sure that Jody's happy and feels he's being valued by the football club. It's my job to make sure that I do a good job for the owner. So these things take time and negotiations can take a while. Um, I appreciate it's probably frustrating for Swindon Town fans, but my take on this is let's do it properly. Let's get the right man in. And we've absolutely got the right man in. And, um, and hopefully it means that we, we don't have a, a long process again um, in the not-too-distant future. We saw Ed Brand with you on Saturday, obviously being shown around. Can you tell us the latest on a, on a number two? Myself or Jody? Whoever can answer the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Ed Brand is a is the person that I chose to be able to bring into the football club. Um, I think there's things that need to be sorted out to, the, to do with the FAL at the minute to see to have that completely confirmed and obviously dealing with a club the size of Chelsea at the minute, I think they, they might be pretty busy in the transfer window <laughs> trying to get some admin done. Um, no, that needs to be sorted out. But as I said, I, I've I've always had Ed Brand in mind of um, being my assistant. Uh, I've been in talks before with clubs and as I said, Ed's, Ed's known that the minute I had a an opportunity to go in somewhere that um, if it was, if we was able to do it, he would be the, the first member of staff that I take. I worked with him for a good few years at Chelsea, um, and two of those years were extremely close. Um, he was my assistant at under eighteen level. He's been a coach for eleven, twelve years. Um, extremely talented clo coach. I shared an office with him for two years. Um, he knows exactly how I like to work, um, and. Everything that he is as a coach and as a and as a bloke and as a human being is perfect for what what I need um, as far as support system. Um, as I said, he's we're both lucky enough that we spent time at a, an elite academy where things are done um, the right way, and we're lucky enough that we we both come up under and learn under Neil Bath. And um, as I said. The fact that we can, I can call on someone like him, because um, I think that there's there's work to be done um, on and off the pitch as far as 
um, setting standards and um, creating an elite environment, which is obviously something that me and Sandro spoke quite lengthy about. Um, and Ed Brown's a huge part of that. Of he'll be helping to instil that and and make sure that um, those standards are being met as much as we can, as much as we're physically possible to be able to do. You mentioned the transfer window. How much input did you have in the last 24, 48 hours and happened with the way it's all played out at half past midnight? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say it was ideal, the timing side of it, because I'd have liked to have, if, I'm, if there's a transfer window coming, I would have liked to have been in a long time ago. Um, I'm a... I'm a big believer in, obviously, the same as Sandro's t- talking about doing his due diligence and making sure all the, the right questions are asked. I'm like that about players. Um, I don't believe being in the club for a couple of days is ideal for a for a manager to have a huge input and, and, and influence as far as um, certain players that maybe I don't have enough knowledge of um, and to a couple of days or a day or so being able to ask the questions to people that you know in the game, people that you know have worked with certain players is always one of the easiest things to do. But as I said, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in having my trying to form my own opinion and obviously two days and a transfer window happening happening quite quickly is not ideal from my perspective, but you do need to realise that there's a lot of work that's been going in going on behind the scenes before I came through the door. And I appreciated that there was a lot of work that kind of needed to be done and questions that needed to be asked prior to me coming through the door. And and as I said, um, there were certainly ones that um, I was I was happy with and, and absolutely delighted to get over the line. Um, would have liked a couple more, like every manager I think and every coach who you would come across. Um, but at this level. I think there's a lot of lot of juggling that needs to be done, and there's obviously the the limitations that you have as far as having to work with getting people out and getting people in is is a lot more difficult, I think, than some of the, some of the other options that people have. So I, I was I was pleased with how I certainly saw people working up a couple of transfer line days, and um, there was a lot of people working here yesterday, so um, I was pleased. Um, exciting, young, competitive uh, holding midfielder. Um, it, it was uh, it was kind of one that came to Jody. We we kind of missed out on another target in that position, um, and, and he was kind of second on the list. and And it was one that Jody had identified was really interesting. Um, he gives us a bit of physical presence. Um, but there's a real kind of quality and composure that he possesses in possession as well. He can handle the football really well. So, you know, so we missed out on, on the number one target in that position. But I think I think Jody's of the opinion that number two might have been better than number one anyway. So yeah, look, I think he's going to be a really exciting prospect. And um, yeah, look, hopefully we can help um, Dylan in his development from now until the end of the season. Uh, Angus Mills departure to Aberdeen. Got a new club captain lined up. Yeah, obviously Ben Gladwin was his vice captain. Are you still pondering that position? Yeah. No, no, I, I, um, I don't know yet. All I will say is that the first game that I watched and Charlie Austin was captain, I was extremely pleased with how he was. I've been really pleased with how he's been since I've been in the building, to be honest. So, um, without saying that 
that's set in stone that he'll be my captain at the moment. I don't see much changing. And just finally, kind of a word on Charlie Austin. He's attributed his return from Australia to you. So can you tell us how that came about over Christmas? Um, look, I heard that he, he wanted to come back, so I actually rang him up and I had a coffee with him in Brisbane. We had a chat, had a chat. he wanted to come back, worked out the numbers. I spoke to Sandro, we were all keen to get him back, worked out a deal, and was, that was that. It was that, that simple. I, I already saw him, so obviously it was easy for me because I live in, oh, he was in Brisbane. So, yeah, we're happy to have him. 90 games to go, Jay. What's your message to Swindon Town supporters who'll be listening and watching reading later? Well, hopefully, we're going to be giving you more things to shout about. As I said, uh, I, um, I pride myself on any team that I've coached or worked with that um, I think the, the minimum you can expect from from us is that you'll see the work rate and the output as far as trying to make sure that we're in at every opportunity that we can, and then and hopefully, then. Within time, you'll see a little bit more tweaks to the to the side as far as um, being in possession. But listen, I've, I've come here. I want a promotion. Um, there's no two ways about that. I think that we're in a an OK position at the minute. Um, obviously, there's a lot that can happen in 19 games between now and the end of the season. But um, it's certainly something that I, I said on day one to the players that I, I want to try and put us in the best position po- possible to, to win football games and and to be able to get out of the league, and um, ideally, um, it would be the, the shortest and easiest route. But who knows? As I said, but I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to um, getting out in front of those fans. And, and as, as I said, what I saw from them on Saturday, I, I, I can't wait to hopefully be celebrating some wins in front of them. Good luck, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Sean. Um, questions from from the floor, really. In case you put your hand up and. Um, we'll, we'll pick as we go, and if you can just introduce yourself and just wave from that behind me. So, Johnny, I saw your hand flicker up there. So, Karen. Um, Johnny Lee, from the Swindon Town side. Hey, um, you've obviously been around a couple of big clubs in your time. Um, how does that kind of help you with sort of the lofty expectations for the fans here? Obviously, everyone's pretty keen for promotion. Uh, well, to be honest, I, I don't think anyone's expectations are going to exceed mine. Um, I'm, I'm very demanding. Of myself, I'm very demanding of my players, and um, all I'd ask is that hopefully we're all on the same page. Um, expectations uh, should be high. I think they should be, no matter where you are or what, what league or what level club you're at. Um, if you want to, if you want to be the best you can be, then I think they need to be. And like I said, at the moment, it's okay. I've coached it and I've played at different levels. I know. I know what it's like to be in at different different ends of the table at different leagues, um, and I always think the the best teams and the most successful teams that I've I've played in, or the ones that I've worked with, or I think the success the, the most successful periods have been the ones that have all been together as a group, and that's something that I try and um hit home with the staff and the players. I want us all to be as one and, and the fans then come in into that as well. I think when we're going into to battle or we're going into play teams and we're all pushing for three points, I view it as the town fans that are gonna be behind us, whether it be a or at home, I view it I view us all as one and the more that we're supporting each other, um, that means that we need to look at the team and see that they're 
they're running as hard as they can. They're putting their foot in. They're competing and and want to come out of every opportunity to win a battle, uh, to win games. Um, if they see that, then hopefully they'll be behind us. And I think, as I said, any any group or any period that I've had in my career is that I class as being successful has always been when the when the fans and the team have been been working together. Yeah. Um, obviously, sort of reports of a couple of players potentially leaving. Um, it's kind of off the Sandra with you, but how do you kind of go about dealing with players, not naming names, but specifically players that might have potentially left the club or end up staying until the end of the season? Shall I go first? Yeah, go on, James. Well, I, I, I think it's a process. I know what it's like to be a player. I know what we, you all want, what you want, when you want it. And unfortunately for both players and coaches, you don't always get that. Um, I think it's important to uh, take every individual case individually because um, like there's obviously reasons why things have happened and you need to explain why you're Swindon. You need to be in your all. Um, as I said, some players might feel that they or thought that they might be going out the door and some didn't. But at the same time, that's football. As I said, you look up and down the country, it's it's important that we need to do what's best for Swindon Town Football Club and make sure that we're looking after what we're doing compared to everybody else. But at the same time, trying to have a the human side in me, um, knowing what it's like to be a player, it's not easy. Um, I know a lot of people on the outside of football who, who's never worked in it um, think it's it's easy, but it, it isn't. And obviously there's there's injuries that play a part and there's timing issues and there's things that might break down over here that affects a little ripple effect that happens everywhere else. So, um, as I said, it, it is what it is. Once you get up the other side of the, the deadline, you then need to... I wouldn't want to say pick up the pieces, but you need to make sure that you I'll take pride in thinking that I like to hit individual players and I need to get to know them as quickly as possible. And if that means that we need to have an uncomfortable conversation quite early, then that's not a problem. Sometimes that's the best way to get to know players. Yeah, we had a few uncomfortable conversations yesterday with players, but that's the nature of the beast. I echo everything Jody said, really. Um, you always see it from both sides of the fence, if you like. You, you you understand maybe why players want to get a move away. It's a great opportunity. Maybe it's a financial opportunity. Um, so I do see it from their perspective. But ultimately, you know, I have to do what's best for the football club. I have to do what's best for, for Clem, the owner. Clem had a few interesting conversations yesterday with players. You know, it's the nature of the beast. It's what happens on deadline day. I think the most important thing is you give context behind the decision. You explain it and you're fair and honest with the players. And ultimately... You know, those lads that couldn't go out or, or, didn't, or weren't allowed to go out, they are still contracted to Swindon Town Football Club until that contract ends. So um, I feel for the lads' frustrations. Um, but likewise, you know, they signed a contract with us and, and we want them to be here and honour it. And in my opinion, they've just got to get their head down now and they've got an opportunity to work under an absolutely top-level coach and, and drive us on to promotion for the rest of the season. So, it, you know, it's not like we're a team scrapping relegation and they've missed out on big opportunities with a team at the top end of the table battling for promotion playing in front of 10,000 plus fans uh, every other week it's, it, it's not the worst of um, scenarios to find yourself in if you don't get that move and 
just lastly to Jake Ian, how long or how much of players that are out of contract in the summer do you feel like you kind of want to see before you start tapping Sandra or Clem on the shoulder and go, I think we need to try and time down? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, I wouldn't put a a time frame on anything about making decisions but what I would say is two days is not enough for me to know about what we've got and it's not enough for me to kind of get behind a player that feels he might be slightly um, nose put out of joint because at the moment um, I've been through the door two days whatever's happened previously with all due respect is, is kind of I've got to judge it from now on and as I said, I can't be making decisions off the back of what's happened previously, which might affect our future. So, as I said, without a time frame, but instantly there's there's an opportunity um, whenever there's a, a manager change. Um, if your head's in the right place and you're, you're thinking like a proper footballer, you should be thinking, right, I've got an opportunity to impress it. And we may not have had opportunities with other coaching staff or um, same way as they think that they maybe the first name on the team sheet previously they might not be soon so um, I think it's important for everybody to start with as I said I'm lucky enough that we're at the right end of the table but that doesn't mean that it's not a clean slate and everybody's ready to go because I won't be true to myself if I'm not judging everybody and what goes on with with my eyes only and not, not what's happened previously although I'm Pretty pleased that, as I said, we're not sort of fighting relegation. Any other questions on the floor? Joe, before that. Uh, hi, Joe Ackford, Total Guys. Hey, mate. Um, from sort of the other end of what Johnny was asking you, um, the fact that you've not really been at League Two much before, um, how much do you know about the level and do you think that's much of a factor in gaining success from day one? Uh, well, I'm, I'm certainly a coach that believes in. Um, focusing on what your team does pretty much more than what the opposition is, is up to. Um, I think working with... I've played at this level, as in sort of the lower leagues. I've played in Scotland in the league and then in the Premier League at Scotland, played in league here, the Championship. I've worked with a lot of players that have played at that level at Chelsea, whether they get out on loan. Um I think, yes, there's certain things that maybe some boys at, at this level can't do with the right at the top end. But at the same time, I think that's my job as a coach. I need to try and get the most out of some players that may maybe be in undervalued. Um, I think that there's, there's options to improve players on an individual basis. And, and as far as a collective is concerned, I don't think it matters whether I'm preparing a team for Champions League games or whether I'm preparing a team for League Two. If I've got to see what the attributes are of the team, I've got to see what players are capable of and then whether that means that you have to maybe dumb down the the type of expectations or what you're asking the players to do. I think that's my job as a coach to adjust. Um, the fact that I haven't religiously been, work, uh, been watching League Two football all season, I don't think plays a point. We've got We've got people here that are excellent on the analysis of stuff, and um, we won't be leaving, won't be visiting teams not knowing how they play or what they do, as I said. But I prefer to prefer 
prefer to focus on what my team does um, a lot more than what I'm thinking about what the opposition is doing. So, as far as the level is concerned, I, I, I don't think it matters. It's my job as a coach to adjust to uh, the capabilities of the players whilst also trying to push them and, and improve them. And if they're not being pushed and, and tested, then sometimes you don't get to find out what they're capable of. Yeah, there's definitely changes. Um, uh, I don't think that um, I don't think that they've played a, the way that I would like to play as far as getting after the ball and winning it back higher up the pitch. I don't think that's going to happen overnight. Um, but there's only one way to get there, and that's on the training pitches. And as I said, the squad is 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 okay, and and like is already as I said at the right end of the table. And there's certainly plenty of games that they've played already this season where they've been on top and just haven't been able to capitalise and probably haven't created as many chances as they should for the amount of ball that they've had. So. And that's another another thing that I need to be looking at. But um, yeah, as I said, the, the the squad and its capabilities are, I'm hoping, and are going to kind of going to be sorted out soon. Because as I said, I don't think two days, I don't think two months, to be honest, is is probably long enough to really get to know exactly what you got. But um, I think the change that they're going to see from me, or that they've already started to see, will. Um, it needs to be done gradually because you can't go from playing a, a certain way from a physical aspect and then jump to where I'd like them to be. But sometimes players can surprise you and get there a lot quicker. Um, as I said, I think there's a good base and a good platform to build on. Um, but there's certainly areas where I think we can improve all over the pitch, to be honest. Um, and as far as Marcel is concerned, I mean, he knows... Mars knows how I work. Um, he's a he's a he's a great kid, great lad. Um, we'll give you we'll give you everything. Um, I was quite surprised to see him playing left wing back quite a lot, to be honest. Um, but like needs must, and obviously I'm I'm not exactly new to knowing that sometimes players need to play in different positions. Um, but yeah, and. Um, He's he's done well, and it, it doesn't surprise me that he's he's impressed a few people here because he's got a he's got a great attitude and 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 wants to improve. Cheers, mate. Thank you, uh, Matt Hutchinson from Greatest Hits Radio in Swindon. Uh, Joey, I'll come to you first. You've got um, plenty of experience as a as a player and a coach at Premier League level. Given that background, what values have you learned there? That you want to bring into to Swindon in League Two. Uh, well, as I said, I, I don't f forget levels. I think when you're, if you're a, a football player and you're a professional, I think every time you step on the training pitch should be a, an opportunity for you to improve. Should be an opportunity for you to impress the coaches, the manager. Um, as far as values is concerned, as I said, if you. I was talking about an elite environment to the players on, on day one and um, I know that the training ground that we're at at the moment is not what you would call an, an elite training ground but I would also say you can have the best 
facilities in the world. You could have the best training ground and the best pitches, but if if the people involved in it is not training properly on that fantastic grass and using those dressing rooms or using the gym areas and uh, every sort of support area you can have a, a, a top-class training ground. If they're not using it, then it's it's not an elite environment. I think the... I think the people inside is what makes it an elite environment. And as I said, if you come to work every day to improve, to get better, to learn, and that includes myself, by the way. I, I don't believe I was the same as a player. I don't believe you ever stop learning. I think I, I managed St Johnston for caretaker manager at 32. Um, that wasn't because I was oh, the complete manager already there. And now that I'm sort of 10, 12 years down the down the line, I'm, I certainly don't think I'm any closer to being the complete manager now or coach. So, um, like I said, when I was finishing my career, yes, I knew a lot more than what I did at the early parts of my career. But as I said, I, I'm, I should always be learning. I think the top coaches, when you're talking about your Pep Guardiola's and Klopp, people like that, Mourinho, I think always evolving. And part of that process, I think, is working with different players. You could have work in league all your life but you might have six different characters six different personalities one different personality that might change your whole process as I said I think we're always learning so regardless of levels I think standards is massive you need to be high on standards and you need to be ready to work every time you enter the the training pitch or the, the training environment the match day preparation needs to be key um, and I also like to see players with a smile on their face um, even if they are hurting because they're working hours, even if they are maybe a little bit frustrated with not game, not getting enough game time. Um, as I said, I, I think that, that I'm massive on the the training environment. If it if it needs to be elite, it's the it's the people inside of it that is is going to make that. It's not necessarily all the things that look like glitz and glamour on the outside. As I said, if there's grass and there's a team with a work ethic that wants to work hard and push each other and be demanding of each other and improve and want to win for this football club. That's what mentality is and that's something that I like to try and push because sometimes I don't even know that you get a lot of players both of them sometimes they need an arm round and sometimes they need to be a little keep up the backside. It's the same at every level. Um, in terms of your recent experience, Jody, obviously Frank Lampard's number to Chelsea and Derby County. Here, you've got the head coach role. Do you think having that level of accountability, being at the helm, will make any difference to you? Yeah, I mean, I think the beauty of being a head coach is that you do what you want. Um, I think sometimes it's it's harder to be a an assistant because you're... You're trying to support um, and at times you might bump heads. Me and Ed have certainly bumped heads plenty of times. Me and Frank did. Um, but when you are the head coach, I know people talk about, OK, you, you're the one who wear, you bear the brunt of the respond, responsibility. But I, I like that. Um, ultimately, if you're the one making the decisions, you should. Um, but I think it's easier being a head coach because... If you believe that's what should be happening, then you can make that happen. Uh, sometimes you have to adjust when you're an assistant, like Ed will have to do with me. Um, but I also think that 
when you are the head coach, you have to be open to um, suggestions. You have to be open to honest dialogue. And like I said, uh, me and Ed have had some honest conversations before, yeah. But then ultimately, it's, it's up to me to decide what we do. Final question for Sandro. Thanks, Jody. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of the press conference that you wanted this to be a, an appointment that had some longevity. Um, if Jody is a success here, let's say he does get promoted to League One next year, do you have any concerns that he might be snapped up by a club higher up the football pyramid and in six months we could be here again looking for a new head coach? I think with success comes the attention of, um, of other possible suitors. You, unfortunately, there's no getting away from that. If that if that does happen, in some ways, it's a nice problem to have. You know, I'd, I'd love us to all be sat here, hopefully, with maybe talking about Jody having a new contract, but off the back of a promotion, you know. So that is always going to happen. It happens with players. It happens with good stuff. I always think, though, if clubs higher up the football pyramid aren't wanting to take your staff and take your players... That's probably an even bigger concern. So it's the nature of the beast. Um, we'll cross that bridge if and when we come to it. Um, it. Of course, it's a concern. I think, you know, the club are getting a bit of a reputation as a place that clubs hire up um, or clubs in general are looking to maybe take head coaches or players from. But also, kind of, if that's happening, we're doing things very well here. So um, like I said, let's hope we're doing this in a few months' time because Jody's got a new contract. But, you know, it's, just, it's kind of the nature of the beast, really. But um, yeah, let's hope we're in League One, and then um, and then it's another conversation to have, really. Thanks, James. Cheers. Any questions anyone from this side at all? Anyone? Yeah. Hi, Jody. Right. Tom Broadback Lounge. Um, you're a Chelsea fan. Uh, yeah. Sam Parkin, Claire Hoddle, Dust Poirier, Dennis Wise. Given the history of previous gentlemen in our football club, did any of them play a role in your thinking to come? Um, I mean, to be honest, no, 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 I haven't spoken to any of those people, but I'll tell you, Glenn Hoddle will always play a part in my football thinking. Um, I thought he was a, a genius coach. Um, he gave me my debut at, at 17. Um, you all saw what a fantastic player he still was when he when he came here. Um, and I, I honestly believe that he was the beginning of what started to tra transform Chelsea Football Club, um, albeit he got it off the back of doing extremely well here. Um, yeah, so Glenn Hoddle's been a massive influence on my career as a player, but also as a coach. Um, I didn't need to speak to too many people. I've got a couple of pals that were um, involved in the youth teams here. I know all about Swindon Town, trust me. Um, but yeah, as I said, I didn't need... I was more interested in knowing what was going on from the, the technical aspect of um, speaking with Sandro because, I, as I said, I already knew about the Swindon Town fans and how passionate they are about their football club. Um, yeah, but as I said, Glenn Oddle will always have an influence on, on what I do in football. So you had that, obviously, impression of the club before you came here. Since you've been here, what have been your first impressions of the club, of the players we've got at the, at the club as well? Yeah, as I said, well, obviously... Coming to the game on Saturday, uh, I was extremely pleased and delighted with the atmosphere and how it felt. And, and just the many messages that I've had, the, the amount of people that I've 
that are in football that have involved in at Swindon for maybe from the area, Swindon fans. Um, the amount of messages that I've had, as I said, it, it's, it doesn't really surprise me, but it's always nice when you see it. Um, if you, if I eventually was able to answer some of the messages that I've had over the past couple of days. Um, but yeah, everything that everybody's talking about regarding Swindon as a place and the football club um, is that they're passionate about their football and we're going to need that. Um, we're going to need the positive side of that. Um, and yeah, as I said, coming through the door and seeing players, I've been really pleased with the players' input so far, um, trying to take on board messages and the application in training has been very good. Um, I think we have a good group of lads um, and there's there's nothing better than a good group of lads that, that want to learn and improve and hopefully um, that's what we can all do to together to get results and make these fantastic fans happy. Honestly, I don't think that much. Um, apart from, as I said, there's there's certain aspects that you you have to realise that um, the capabilities of some of these clubs that are, I don't know. As I said, you've seen what Chelsea are doing in the transfer market as far as um, the capabilities of what you're able to do further down is a lot of the time. And I've, as I said, I've spent time at clubs that are kind of scrimping and scraping for to try and make things happen. And fortunately for, for us at the moment, we've got an owner that is supportive and the amount of things that I've read already before I became manager and trying to kind of read up on stuff. I mean, I think if you speak to the fans regarding Swindon at the moment, there's nothing but high praise for Clem, the owner, and, and what he's been able to transform in a in a short space of time for the for the football club. So I think already reading that before I became um the head coach was was nice to see because it, it means that someone's putting their their time and effort into something that I mean, without talking about you, Clem, as if you're not here, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of things that he could be doing all over the world. Um, but he obviously has a passion for Swindon Town Football Club and has put his time and effort and expertise in areas of the football club, which is which is improving all the time. And the more that I can try and lean on that help from, from Clem, I think the, the quicker that we can make improvements in certain areas that, me having experience being at elite level clubs and high level and high performing environments, um, I think that's that's what you want. You want to be able to offer what I think is an elite environment and any, as I said, any experience that I've had to try and improve certain areas of this football club, I'll be vocal about it to Sandro and Clem and, and then they need to see whether they can help me out. Um, but as I said, first first impressions before I even got here, what I read about how the club was being helped out of certain situations and then first impressions of meeting Sandro, speaking to people that already know Sandro and um, we have mutual friends in football that 
I value their opinion. Um, and I think vice versa with Sandro. It, it, as I said, it, it was very pleasing to hear. And it's something that I, I hope can develop even more over time. As I said, I, um, I've already spent quite a lot of time, a bit more with Sandro than with, with Clem, but um, in their in their company. And I, and I think we're all on the same page where we just want to do what's best for Swindon Town Football Club. And I think the more little small changes that you can make, um, the quicker I think we'd all get to a place where all three of us are trying to get to. Another question we have from the fans is how do you plan on bridging the gap between manager and the fans? A lot of fans believe there hasn't been much correspondence and energy from the managers to get the crowd going and almost like there's been a massive gap. So yeah, I mean, as far as the community is concerned, it, that, that's one of the conversations that me and Sandro had. I, I, I believe that um, wherever you are, I think what happens locally to where your football club is, is extremely important. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of my local team where I grew up. Um, there's nothing more there's nothing better than being a fan of your local team and feeling that they're trying to involve, involve the local community in, in what's happening. There's, there's limitations to how much you can kind of lend yourself to that as a, as a manager. But at the same time, I think it's your responsibility to, to try and help and try and involve in whatever way you can. Now, as I said, there is limitations because you've got a job to do, which ultimately involves working with the players. But at the same time, I, I think if you don't try and tap into that as a as a head coach, then you're you're missing out on being able to influence the large group that can help influence your players on a Saturday. So am I going to be walking around beating my chest unauthentically? No, I'm not going to say what I'm going to be doing here. Sometimes you can maybe not really know what you're going to be doing yourself until certain things happen in games. But um, as I said, I won't be doing anything for the for the sake of it or because I feel that that's what anyone needs to see. I'll be true to myself and how I am as a coach. Ultimately, they might see things similar to, like, to that anyway because I'm I'm passionate about my football teams and I'm passionate about winning. So, um, yeah, but I think involving the community and trying to do everything you can to help the gap, I think, part of my role, to be honest. Uh, and I think you're missing a trick if you don't try and do that. Um, we have one more light-hearted question um, sent in by one of the fans, which um, is, what's your favourite cheese? <laughs> Do you know what? This might be controversial because um, I'm quite new to it, but my wife will tell you. Um, I like borsan. Anyone know borsan? <laughs> like, that just goes on the crackers, like or the like a little Ritz or stuff like that, or the little... One with a little bit of chili in the, I don't know the name of it. My missus, my missus gets it. So, um, but borsa, and I know that because that's the one that I can get and easily do with the spread, like the softer version. So it's just easier to spread. So you don't crack the cracker. I mean, there you go. Good. Right. Um, on that note, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously uh, Sandro, Jodie, and Clem now are happy to. Sort of do individual interviews. Um, I know Jodie's got one a live broadcast very shortly. If Sandro and Clem are happy to be involved, we do in the absence of the um, essence of 
stuff to utilize. We'll work on the ring so we do Cheers, thank you. Thank you. That's me. Nice to meet you, mate. You're unfortunately a lot of things. So. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, you're right. Questions.